Loveners, welcome to episode 14 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. This episode, I'm joined all the way from the Americas. Oh my god, how exciting! Uh, by the absolutely delightful Luke Foster. Hello, Luke. Greetings. How are oh, you? That was so much more upbeat than I actually feel because I could so just like take a little nap right now. It's a bit ridiculous. Well, it's four o'clock in the afternoon here, so. See, I could probably have taken a nap at four this afternoon here, but you know, I would have been on the bus on the way home, so it probably would have been a mistake. Mm, probably. <laughs> Can't trust the bus folk. No, not at all. I was on the bus the once with a guy who was having nightmares about Daleks, and I was thinking that's kind of cool, but also kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Luke is, he used to be the other half of a very short-lived podcast uh, that we both used to do called Podcast on a Half Shell because we're both sort of massive Turtles fans. Oh my God, did you just pick up my stomach rumble on the mic? Was that, <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> That was brilliant. The thing is, I've not long eaten an absolute like metric shit ton of fajitas. What was that about stomach? Seriously. <sighs> anyway, um, and you also do a webcomic, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do a daily all-ages strip called The Center of Somewhere, which is found at centerofsomewhere.com. Uh, I have two other webcomics under my belt. I did a science fiction comedy called Moon Freight 3 for four years and change. That just ended last November. Is moonfreight3.com or moonfreight3.centerofsomewhere.com. Um, for eight months during that same block, I did The Gang from the Store, True Stories from the Comic Book Shop, which is all nonfiction comedy of things that happened when I worked at a comic book store. And I am about to start a new one as kind of a bit of a different thing called Drawn Away, A Cartoonist Tours America, because um, I'm leaving in a little less than two weeks and going on a drive around the country uh, for a few months. And I'm going to travel blog about it. I'm so insanely jealous. Like, if I gave up my job, I don't think I'd be able to afford to leave the house after about a week. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, hmm, what shall I draw today? Uh, this is me reading comics again. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a plan for where you're going to go? or? Yeah, I've got a, it's basically a rough loop like around the outside of the country and then kind of heading towards in once I get to like the northwest. I like I'll head, I head like back east but more like head back south and central. I won't hit every state. It's like even if Alaska and Hawaii weren't attached to, you know, were attached to the country, I still wouldn't be able to do everything just because there's a lot of states and a lot of ground to cover. But I'm going to do one, as much as I can. That's so exciting. Oh, Thanks. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite contain my jealousy on this. <laughs> I'm getting that distinct impression. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that, um, that'll be at drawnaway.centerofsomewhere.com, and I should actually be launching that site with the intro pages today or tomorrow. So by the time this goes up, it'll be up, unless you put it up right after we end this, in which case... <laughs> No, I won't. I'll have to edit out all the stomach noises, apparently. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah. um, now that everybody knows who you are and how insanely jealous I am of you, I'm going to I'm gonna keep the field open for you to review whatever you fancy, my lovely. All right. Well, I've been watching a lot of TV while I draw, while I draw Center of Somewhere. So I have gotten a lot of watching of stuff done. I'm in the middle of watching Parks and Rec for the first time, actually. The the, the sitcom. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever watched it. I have, but I, uh, well, Rich likes it. I don't find it particularly funny, except Ron Swanson, who's the greatest thing in the world. Ron Swanson is amazing. Um, <laughs> he, uh, 
I've I've only had only watched a f- scattered few episodes beforehand, and I'd seen one episode from the first season first, and the first season was pretty much not pretty much universally considered not as good as the rest of the show. But uh, it just it's only six episodes, so you get through that, and like season two is just amazing, and season three has been pretty great so far. I'm I'm watching stuff on Netflix, so I won't be I'll be like a season behind when I'm done. Oh, I tell you what, Netflix is the bane of mine and Richie's spare time. I tell you. Oh yeah, it used to be until I started. Uh, you know, I, I, I you know, like, oh man, when am I gonna watch TV? And I realized like I just watch it and draw simultaneously. You can do that. I can't because uh, I can't draw. But <laughs> <laughs> people can, in theory. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not intentionally being awkward. I am just incredibly tired. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll keep talking and use radio voice to distract from your tiredness. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I also so that's been great. I really love that show. Um, I've been I watched the third season of Archer a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I love Archer. That show is amazing. <laughs> it's but... it's so wrong, but yeah, it is so <laughs> right. There was this one episode in the second season where he's describing some woman as the Pele of anal, and I almost shat myself laughing. <laughs> Oh, man, I absolutely – like, Pam is just one of the worst human beings ever, yeah. but I love her. Oh, yeah. So and fun. then, like, the Carol who needs to be strangled while she's having sex. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, we were watching that the other day, and it's one of those programs that you kind of have to be careful who you show it to because, yeah. like, I know a lot of my friends would find that hilarious, and I know a lot of other people who would find it so offensive. I know. <laughs> I mean, those episodes – have you got to the episodes where he thinks he's got cancer yet? Yeah, I'm past that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Those are just, like, so incredibly wrong, but I just – I could not stop laughing. I know, but then like the Rampage episode where he like goes on the Rampage and he finds out people have been stealing cancer drugs was like surprisingly serious for that show. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then like – but it was – I kind of it was amused because they had a, they, they had a uh, reference to a classic Magnum P.I. episode at the end of that one when he goes to the guy, hey, did you see Regis today? And then he shot the guy. See, I have no idea. It's, it's a reference to this classic episode called Did You See the Sunrise when this Russian uh, – but this Russian uh, killed one of his best friends, and uh, he goes, "Hey, Ivan, did you see the sunrise today?" And he goes, "Of course." And then it just ends with Magnum shooting the guy, exactly like Archer did. I was um, I was slightly disappointed with uh, Archer when I found it because he has what I consider to be a very handsome voice. So you expect it to be attached to a very handsome man who, in my head, looked like a human version of Archer. It's mm-hmm. not what he looks like at all. I know. I saw the. F- it's surprising how much the models for those characters look like their voices, but aren't the people who do their voices. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But like the guy who plays Archer is just like the opposite of Archer. I know, he's just like this big bald dude, isn't he? Yeah, and I was just like, no, that can't be the voice of Archer. What? But yeah, I j- I'm slightly concerned now, though, because um, after, after the last episode, my mom texted me and she was like, Stace, guess what? I just listened to your show. And I was like, oh, shit, I hope I didn't drop the C-bomb, which luckily I didn't. But now <laughs> I, I get the feeling she might be listening to this and thinking, oh, I might check out that Archer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not I'm a like, good idea. Um, maybe not. <laughs> Also, also, I love how my phone hasn't been giving me Twitter alerts for like three days, and now that I'm recording, it's giving me 50 at once, so you can probably hear the chimes in the background. I did hear one, and I thought, cool, it's not very fair, because I haven't got any friends trying to contact me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I got into a I got into a conversation about Bucky from Captain America on Twitter earlier, and then I thought they meant the Jack Monroe, not the girl. And uh, even though I can no longer contribute to the conversation because I know nothing about her, uh, I'm still getting all the alerts. <laughs> That's the problem with Twitter is you can't really opt out of a conversation. That you're just like, oh. Well, I don't care mostly because I have a shallow, desperate need to belong to everything. So um, <laughs> as long as people are talking to me, I'm fine. Oh. So Archer was brilliant. I finally watched a couple of BBC shows I've wanted to watch forever but haven't. Uh, I finally watched Primeval. Do you know, I've never watched that. Dude, it is so fun. It's a really fun show. But I, I this is going to sound really mean. I kind of always stayed away from it because the adverts that they showed over here always made it look like the, the CGI and it was pretty terrible. And I don't, I, I'm not good at bad CGI. I can't. Well, the CGI is not great, admittedly, but if you can get past that, which I guess you can't, um, <laughs> not. Then, then it's then it's fine. But no, I've, it's, it's really, it doesn't, it doesn't take itself too seriously. My phone is going ape shit right now. Um, <laughs> silence. Um, if you, if you, if it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. The characters are really good. The humor is is well done, and uh, just overall, it's just it's really just a good solid show. So yeah, I mean, it was it, it ended it ended on a cliffhanger like so many shows do, and they're canceled prematurely. <laughs> but uh, see, I was just about to say I might add that to my pile of things to watch, but if it ends on a cliffhanger, I don't think I want to. I'd well, rather not get invested. It's mostly resolved. Everything is mostly resolved except for one thing that they were clearly setting up for the sixth series, but they never got to it. So um, then I watched Survivors, another show that was canceled and ended on a cliffhanger. Never even heard of that. It's that show. Actually, coincidentally, one of the primeval creators is behind it about the flu virus that wipes out most everybody in the world, and there's just like a handful of people, oh. like surviving. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it was all right. It was on my Netflix queue for like 13, 14 months before I finally got to it. <laughs> there was a program on not long ago, and I've, the name of it has entirely slipped my mind, so this is going to be a really shit story <laughs> um, that everybody was really raving about. So me and Rich were like, we have got to get on this. And I found it to be the most pretentious pile of wank that I've ever looked at in my life. And it was really disappointing, and I was quite sad about it. What was it, uh, it was about? It was about um, a comic that was written that, oh, well, see, I'm not going to know much about this because we only watched the first Are you episode. talking about Utopia? Yes, I am. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I heard very Thank mixed you. things about it. No problem. We just, I couldn't gel with it at all because I kind of, I didn't really like any of the main characters straight away. So I didn't really care about them. And I got the feeling that a lot of people who were raving about it were raving about it because it was a main, a relatively mainstream show that had comics in it. Mm. And I was thinking just because it's got comics in it doesn't automatically make it good. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. just because I'm a nerd, I shouldn't automatically like it. Um, yeah, no, I get that. I, I felt the same way with the Spider-Man and X-Men movies, but I, uh, <laughs> but, that, but back then that was all we had, so I kind of had to go for support slash peer pressure. Do you know, you saying that about Spider-Man, me and Rich were talking about this the other day, and you know when the Amazing Spider-Man came out last year and there was all that, well, why do we need another Spider-Man film? Has, uh, has anybody actually tried to go back and watch the first Raimi Spider-Man? recently because it hasn't aged well really <laughs> really like it used to be well probably spider-man 2 was like one of my tippity top favorites and they were on the telly sort of over christmas and like i couldn't watch 
any of them properly, they just felt really sort of dated, which is ridiculous because they're not even that old. Mm. Yeah, they're only about 10 years old, I think. Maybe a little more. Yeah, they're not particularly... They shouldn't They shouldn't have felt dated by now. Cause <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah. right. No, it was a bit weird. Yeah. Have you been watching Community? Of course. Cool. What do you take me for? Because I don't – well, I don't know. This is the, the Dan Harmonless fourth season and it's – you know, opinions yeah. are mixed. What are you thinking of it? I am torn on the fourth series at the moment sort of because there are some bits in it that I just think are absolutely brilliant and I cannot stop laughing and then other bits that I really don't like. Um, mm-hmm. For example, I feel like – whoever's now writing it has never seen anything past series one because Annie seems to have reverted to her very naive, overly innocent, googly eyes at Jeff sort of nonsense. And like all the growth of her character seems to have gone. And Britta seems to have turned into less of a character and more of a plot device to get people talking about the feelings now that she's a therapist in, uh, in very commerce. Yeah. Like, she doesn't seem to actually add anything to a story now except to get somebody to talk about the feelings. And her and Troy, as a couple, don't make any sense. Like, the the way they've written it is really bad because half the time you aren't even aware that they're a couple. Yeah, um, I think part of that has to do with them airing episodes kind of out of production order and also because they only have 13 and they can only do so much. Mm. But, um, I don't know, did you see the Inspector Spacetime convention episode? I did, actually, and I was surprised by that one because me and Rich, we knew that um, Matt Lucas was going to be in it and I, neither of us can really stand him, but actually he was, he was fairly tolerable in that. Is he the <laughs> guy who played Abed's friend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, th- I thought that episode was hilarious. I did. I did enjoy that one. I'll be fair. I did like that one. Yeah, and um, I thought the pilot, the season premiere was actually. I, I I liked it a lot more than some people did. Um, I understood they had a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it in. Mm-hmm. Like they had to say, okay, here's this fourth season. Here's the setup. Here's what the characters are. Oh, and by the way, here's all the evidence that it's going to be okay. That Dan Harmon is gone. Yeah, I struggled with the season opener. That was the one with um, the Hunger Games sort of. Yeah ridiculousness i struggled with that one simply because i think the idea of Arbed retreating into a fantasy world is kind of played mm. um I, I just think you're just relying on that too much now and Arbed should be more comfortable with these people that he can actually like talk about stuff <laughs> by yeah. stage like instead of just being a bit mental but so th- this is the, the problem that i had is that a lot of the episodes i haven't enjoyed the overall story but a lot of bits have been stupidly funny Mm. Did you watch the Thanksgiving episode? I did. I did. I really yeah, that one wasn't very funny, but it wasn't really designed to be. And I really i I enjoyed that one quite a bit because it liked, kind of felt um, like some of the older ones where they, even though they weren't funny, they there's a lot of heart to them. Mm-hmm. I really I thought um, Jeff's sort of stepbrothery person was fantastic. I loved him. Mm. Once he played him, just I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, he was okay. I don't know. He, I didn't think he was fantastic, but he, he wasn't bad. I just think community is just gonna. It's just gonna struggle now because you kind of get the feeling that um, Chevy Chase is not giving a shit anymore. Well, also, um, <laughs> all, a I think that's part of it, but I think one of my housemates told me that um, the, the new head writer hates him, so she's not giving him much to do anyway. Which is why he only has like four lines an episode. Well, yeah, and I think he's sort of, you know, it's it's always been a bit of a fact that he's sort of, well, not sort of, he's actually racist. Mm-hmm. But 
did you see the last episode, the whole Changnesia one? Yes, I did. When he's doing like a black face hand puppet and an, uh, like a yellow face, I guess would be the other term. Hand yeah. puppet. It was just, it was like, it wasn't even, this is going to sound terrible. Most of the incidences of him being racist before are kind of funny. That, I, I was cringing at that. I was like, oof, oof, mate. Oof. Well, that's what, a lot of that is what caused Chevy Chase's meltdown that caused him to actually quit because he's the complete opposite of Pierce and he hated that they were basically just writing him as a flat out racist now. Yeah. It was almost where, like accidental racism before, if that makes any sort of sense. No, you're right. It was it was <laughs> like his racism back then was ignorance more than maliciousness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like he liked he liked Troy and Shirley, but he just was crude about it because he was raised by a racist asshole. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with it this series because I want it. I know what it could have been if that makes sense, and it's just mm-hmm. not quite hitting all the right notes with me. Yeah. Well, there's only seven episodes left, and that's probably going to be it. And uh, the aforementioned housemate heard that this series season also ends on a cliffhanger, so it could be another cliffhanger ending show. <sighs> See, that doesn't make sense to me because I always assumed it would be four seasons long, considering the fact that Jeff was going to the college for four years. Yeah, well, there was also the whole six seasons in a movie campaign, too. Yeah, but see, to me, that wouldn't have worked, and it probably would have ended up being a bit, you know, the reasons for them staying for an extra two years or whatever would have just started getting a bit thin. Yeah, but this is American television, where it doesn't matter if the story is done, unlike in your country. It's, (laughs) it's, they go until they can get enough episodes for syndication, and then even more so, and then they keep making them. Syndication is a huge thing here, so basically they want a show to get to 100 episodes so they can sell it to, to like networks for reruns and stuff. Mm. I would rather something end while it's still on a high. <laughs> oh, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Do you watch The Big Bang Theory? I did. I don't anymore. Okay, because this season has been pretty mediocre. The worst thing that happened to that show is it became popular. It yes. literally became the number one sitcom in America, and it just became – it's just become mediocre overall. But the episode they showed this past Thursday was probably one of the best of the series. Oh, really? Yeah. I, um, I stopped watching it halfway through the episode – where the girls decide to try and read some comics. You know, that was a better episode than the than I expected it to be because when they got to the comic book store, the store owner actually treated them like human beings and they had the girls ended up having a lot of fun reading the comics, but more importantly, they had they talked a lot like their whole guys plot of the episode. Did you get to the part where their car got stolen? No, but I read about it afterwards, and I don't know whether it was because of the slant that that article that I read was taking, but it sounded kind of like a lot of people just bullied them for being nerdy, which is like that, the opposite. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened, and they felt like shit. Even Sheldon was like, like they're just like, I want to go. Ho-. Sheldon's like, I want to go home. We're getting, we're, our car got stolen. We're getting garbage. We're getting strangers throwing garbage at us because they think we're nerds. It's it's just pointless. And they went home dispirited, and then they got home, and the and. The, they heard the girls arguing about their comic, uh, about the comic, and they felt better about themselves that they're not alone and they're not completely hated. I've just been struggling with it because I found that since it got more popular, a lot of the episodes are revolving around the girls, none of which I like, and a lot of the jokes seem to be more sort of at nerds as opposed to for nerds, which is no, really- I, I I agree. A lot of that, there is still a lot of that, which contributes to the mediocrity and a lot of their. You know, we have to appeal to the mainstream, so let's talk about relationships. Mm. So, 
it has it has been watered down a lot, and I've toyed with not watching it after this season, but I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, the episode that just aired was fantastic. I'm going to spoil it a little bit because it's Go fairly ahead. new that some people might have seen it. But Sheldon discovered a letter from Howard's dad to Howard that he got when he was 18 that he never opened because, you know, Howard's dad left him when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, want it, he didn't want to know what it was, so he burned it, but Sheldon had already read it. So the girls asked him what was in it, and then Sheldon told Leonard and Raj, and Howard got pissed that Sheldon told everyone. So everyone's like – he goes – so you don't have to know what's in the letter, but so you know that we know. They each made up something that they that was in the letter, but, and one of them told the truth, but nobody told Howard what was in the truth, what was in, in the letter actually, so that he could believe whatever his father might have wanted to read, might have wanted to tell him from those six things or seven things, even if it wasn't real. And he actually got a sense of closure out of it. Oh. Yeah. I was feeling a bit sorry for Howard the last few episodes I watched because, like, you know, when he gets back from his trip to outer space, <laughs> they all seem to really be picking on him because he was proud of going to space. And I thought, why are you all being such douchebags? This guy's just been to space. Well, Fucking... that's because he was being a dick about it. That's all he was talking about, and it was getting annoying. To be fair, I think that's all I'd be talking about if I'd been to fucking space. That's true. So would <laughs> I'm I. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Which one of us has been to space? Oh, that's right. Me. <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing. I was pissing everyone off. I'm... I'd have no friends left, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised how much they've developed Howard's character. Of all of all the characters on that show, I'm surprised he's become, like, almost the lead. I um, I really wish they'd develop Raj a bit more. I'm kind yeah. of getting sick of the, oh, I haven't got a girlfriend and I'm really sad and lonely and I have to drink booze to talk to girls. And, oh. He's kind of sort of started dating... Um, the chick from Garfunkel and Oates. Right. You know who they are? Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of, they're 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 singer they're singers and actresses, and the one of the actresses, the one with the short brown hair, is, has had a recurring role as a love interest for him. Okay, that's good. I guess I, sh- I probably shouldn't have dropped stopped watching it, but I just I got really mad. Well, you know, that- I don't. <laughs> to be honest, I don't blame you. I've just but I've been invested in this show since day one, and I'm try I want to like it again. Yeah, I wish it had kind of. I don't know. I just wish it'd go back to being for nerds instead of. Yeah. About nerds, if that makes sense. Sure. No, I get you. Uh, do you watch Psych? I've been watching that too. No. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I've been watching a lot of TV, but I don't have a day job, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, like our list of things to be watching is massive, but me and Rich have been um, we've been catching up with a lot of like cartoons because they're really short mm. so, so like we've been watching sort of like five or six episodes of adventure time a day and things nice which i love and regular show which i also love i gotta watch adventure time someday oh you really do i mean it makes literally no sense and sometimes you wonder if you might have accidentally taken drugs that's what they told watching. me about twin peaks and i was all right with that <laughs> there's um there's some characters in Adventure Time that you look at and you genuinely think, what was wrong with the person that created this? Because this is insane. But it's kind of brilliant. Mm. And like, if you've not been watching regular show, you totally should because it's the tits. I haven't watched either. I, I will someday. Oh. See, regular show is about two, they're like 20-somethings who work in a park and that is completely insane as well. Like... It's not remotely about working in a park, really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's about, like, you know, it's just, it's all a bit insane, but I love it. Nice, nice. It's good. Yeah, so I've been watching Psych. I've only watched the first two episodes. I'm I'm an episode behind on that right now. 
And uh, Doctor Who is coming back in a week and a half, which I'm excited Indeed. for. I'm scared of it. Why? I am not convinced by the new companion. Yeah, well... I said it. <laughs> that's the, it's, it's funny because Jenna Louise Coleman has been the first casting that I... Um, in the in, since the show has gotten brought back, first companion casting where I haven't heard somebody say, or haven't heard most people say either a, oh god, her, or b, who's that? <laughs> most yeah. people are like, oh wow, I think she's going to do a great job. I am, and that's the first time since two thousand five when I've heard that. I am, um, I d- it's not her. I've got a problem with so much as the snippets of her that we've seen so far her character it it's to me it's almost like Stephen Moffat can't write anything but a ludicrously strong sassy sort of slightly gobby yet sensitive if you really look close kind of character which is great because you know it's nice completely unlike any of the other companions who have been on the show but now it's getting a bit ridiculous that there are so many, if that makes sense. Like Back when David Tennant was on the show, he said it gets start, it's starting to get redundant describing all the women on the show as feisty, but... Yeah, yeah, that is exactly what it is. And to me, it just seems like, you know, Amy was River Point 2, and now What's the Chops is like River Point 3, I guess. And I hate River. I really hate River. <laughs> and she's fecking coming back and all. Uh, God. Yeah. Well, you know, she can't be coming back for much more. I mean, well, it's not really because she's looking pretty old. <laughs> That's such a bitchy thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. Well, <sighs> and I don't. Know, I've actually rewatched seasons uh, five and six. Matt Smith's first two seasons. I love series five. Oh. People think that Stephen Moffat doesn't resolve anything. I've heard that complaint a lot. He does. He just plays a really long game with his with his storytelling. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of subtle things, a lot of subtle hints too. Yeah, sometimes you don't really notice that something's been resolved until you go back and watch it again. Exactly, and also there's like like. Uh, hints towards the future like uh, remember the episode the god complex when he actually sent amy and rory home for what he thought was the final time Mm -hmm. and she said and amy says why are you doing this and he and and the doctor says otherwise when does it end amy when i'm standing over your grave your dead body rory's grave and remember how they how it ended yeah i was um i I thought that was really clever yeah i really liked their sort of farewell episode yeah. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Like, why can't he go back and save him? I don't know. Wibbly, timey, scrunchy. He can't get in. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. We won't think too much about that. <laughs> because the TARDIS is too large a time machine for the par- for uh, to to deal with the paradoxes, and Rivers' time band could only take one person. So, why didn't he steal it from her? Because he could only take one person. He could not take somebody back. Plus, seeing their grave created a fixed point in time. Oh, see, I I probably shouldn't watch programs like this because time travel literally boggles my mind. <laughs> I do, like what constitutes a fixed point? No, see, let's not go there. And see, and and also the fact that they had also undone Rory's death, like at the same, t- had already cre- undoing Rory's death at that time created the paradox in the first place. Mm-hmm. And a second paradox, I think, would have screwed it up more. Okay, that makes sense. I think. <laughs> So. I don't know. I am looking forward to the, the show coming back simply because it's it's when, fucking Doctor Who, and it's the best thing ever created by man. That's why uh, it is. It is amazing. I think I, my 
problem with Doctor Who is that when I tend to dislike an episode, it's very rare that I just dislike it. I tend to really hate it for some reason. Like it, it and I can't blame it for it because at the end of the day, you know, it's such an eclectic show that there's bound to be episodes that I don't like very much. But yeah, when it misses, it really misses for me. I think. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I I I watched Love and Monsters. I know. Ugh. That episode is the – I've gone on record as saying that actually is the worst episode of ever, anything ever produced in television history. It is. It is. And do you know what the biggest reason for that is? And people keep fighting me on this and I don't care. You're all wrong and I am correct. <laughs> right. The Doctor would never consider himself as saving somebody by – melding their face into a fucking paving slab that is not saving somebody that is essentially crippling them for life he would never do i think he would rather see somebody die than see them trapped in a fucking piece of stone with only like a mouth and some fucking eyes that it would no that would never happen the end yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. I um, I get really mad about that because people keep telling me oh, it's not. It's just a little bit of fun. No, it isn't. And the idea, the implication at the end that that guy fucking fucks its mouth is disgusting. It really oh. is. <laughs> just so wrong. And what if he got so like overexcited while that was happening that he dropped her? Oh my god. Like imagine. Anyway. Are you officially thought about this more than I have? <laughs> I've thought about it too much, I think. Yeah. But, you know, it is a terrible, terrible episode. <laughs> so let's talk about things we like. Let's um, talk about things we like. Um, what do like I like? Like all the rest of Doctor Who. Yeah. I did well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, I still think Series 5 was better than 6, but that I might agree. be. I agree. I agree. Although 6 does contain one of the best Doctor Who episodes I think I've ever seen. It contains three of the best Doctor Who episodes I've ever seen. Okay, which three? The Doctor's Wife, The God Complex, and The Girl Who Waited. Okay. I wouldn't agree with you on The God Complex, but the other two I'll give you. <laughs> I, and also, also that season cemented Rory as the greatest companion who will ever be because he punched Hitler. I absolutely adore Rory. Oh, he's just – I just want to adopt him. He's so cute. <laughs> I'm trying to think now of TV shows that I'm watching that I'm really digging, but I'm really struggling because I've been really bad at telly lately. Like, The Walking Dead's all right, I guess. I have not watched any Walking Dead. I want to read the comics first, and I haven't gotten into those because uh, I can't afford to read that many graphic novels. Mm. The The Walking Dead is, for me, one of those things that... There are lots of reasons why I shouldn't like it, but there are also a lot of reasons why I should, and that's why I won't ever let it go. It does a lot of things that entirely bore me. It does a lot of things that are not very exciting, but then occasionally it'll do something that punches you in the gut with how fucking brilliant it is, so you can't stop reading it or watching it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you'll be watching a whole episode and be going, oh, no, I'm not watching it anymore after the holy shit, I've got to watch it next week. And that's pretty much what it's like. But um, I'm struggling with it at the moment simply because the governor is nowhere near as evil as I need him to be to get behind everything that's happening. Um, Mm. I've also been watching The Following, and I've stopped watching that now too. (laughs) Why is that? Well, have you watched it at all? No, that's the one with Kevin Bacon though, right? It is, yeah. Essentially, the story is that a few years ago, Kevin Bacon was a... No, did he work in the FBI? I know that. Yeah, the gist of it is he was an F, he was in the FBI and he had to catch that that serial killer. Yeah, he caught a or the serial cult, killer. cult leader. Cult leader. 
Yeah, well, he was a serial killer originally. He caught him and the dude escapes and he's now got this massive cult following that he's essentially getting to do his bidding to really fuck around with Kevin Bacon's life. And it started off being kind of amazing. Um, there's the guy who is the serial killer. He's, a, he's a, a, a literary professor at a university. And so he's very into his sort of gothic romance type stuff. And he's, he's very into Edgar Allan Poe. And so a lot of his murders and things sort of play around with scenes from books and stuff. And it's it's really, really interesting up until the point where you get sort of halfway through and you realise that even though the guy's back in prison and was only out of prison sort of about a day, uh, that somehow he's got nearly all of the police department in his pocket, nearly all of the judicial department in his pocket, nearly all of the FBI in his pocket, a load of the general public in his pocket. I mean, it makes no fucking sense. And you just get to the point where you're like, not everybody can work for you. What is happening? And you just get really mad at your screen and turn it off. Ah, okay. Yeah, it got a bit ridiculous. And not not ridiculous in a good way where you can still keep watching it because it's still really awesome. It just got like, that was totally distracting from the rest of the story. And then I just couldn't, I couldn't get behind it anymore. Too bad. Yeah. Sounded like a good show. It started off so well. Like, me and Richard, after the first episode, we were like, oh my God, this is the tits. Um, But then it sort of stopped being the tits and sagged somewhat. Hmm. Hmm. What am I enjoying, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to wonder. Um, The new Turtles cartoon is still kicking it out of the park. That's good. I've heard positive things about it. Oh, man. I can't believe you're not watching it. That has fucking... You've broken my heart a little bit. Have you not heard the list of shows I'm watching? (laughs) Yeah, but this is only like 20 minutes an episode. I know. I know. It's so good. I I like to watch shows like in large chunks so they can watch like a season or three at once. And then that way I can... It's just easier to keep track of for me. I'm excited about series two of this because it's going to have Casey Jones in it, apparently. Oh, cool. Which is exciting to me. But I'm already, like, in my element with it because it's had, like, Leatherhead and stuff in it, which is exciting. Which one was Leatherhead again? Was he the... He was like, Alligator Guy. Yes, that's right. Yes, 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 of course. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. I can't... Do you know what? You've just rocked my world by saying you're not watching that. I don't have cable television either, so, you know, it's not like I can just watch these things. <laughs> oh, get people to record them for you or something. I don't know. It's just too good to not be watching. I'm a little bit in love with Michelangelo in it as well, which is funny because he's never been my favorite turtle in any sort of incarnation of it, but now he is because he's great. Yeah, when I was a kid, I never was really a big fan of him because, like, the advertisers kept trying to make him my favorite. Yeah, I can see that. He's, um... I don't, I, I don't know what it is about him in this, but he's very, very funny, but without being the, look at me, I'm the clown of the group kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You tend to get in a lot of versions. The IDW comics are still really good also. That's cool. I've heard that too. I've heard that they're great. Well, I, I did start to get a bit worried because um, it's introduced the neutrinos into it, and I've never really liked them as a people that's a really like sort of interdimensionally racist thing to say but they're not real so it's fine um i could be racist about fiction it's fine um wow pierce hawthorne (laughs) but yeah no it's still been really good I, I i think it sounds really stupid but in like the 80s cartoon show i could never get behind the neutrinos because i thought the idea of a different 
dimension existing where the only difference between the people is that they've all got ridiculously gravity divine hair was just stupid but why it never occurred to me that you know there was a dimension x where essentially loads of things that look like krang existed like that's fine that i can deal with what <laughs> my logic makes absolutely no sense yeah it's all good while i'm talking about comics Oh, God, I've got to sit up. <laughs> I just went into a full-on lie-down on the bed while we were talking. It's oh, really lazy of me. All right, let's get up. Um, talking about comics, I uh, when I interviewed Eddie Dayton last episode, which was very exciting, After just after he, uh, we did the interview, he sent me a lovely little care package full of co- lots of comics, comics, which is very nice of him. Oh, nice. And um, I read a graphic novel called Babble, um, which is by um, Lee Robson and Brian Coyle. And it's published by comics. And, um, man, they just seem to release, like, the best books. It's almost stupid. The, the actual, like, the story of the, of the graphic novel, without giving too much away, is about a group of researchers at a university in America trying to resurrect the language of Babel, which, if anybody hasn't already heard the story, was apparently a language that literally anybody in the world can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the story was that the the terror of Babel was being built to reach the gods or something, and the gods were pretty pissed off by it, and that's how uh, they... The, yeah, uh, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, uh, they tried to build a tower to heaven. Humanity was trying to reach heaven, and uh, the tower was destroyed for their arrogance, and humanity was given, spread, broken apart into people who were speaking different languages so that, it was so so that they they'd be scattered. Get, yeah, they could never get together and build shit again because they wouldn't know what they were talking about, was <laughs> essentially... More or less, yes. So it's it's about them trying to resurrect the language of Babel, and it's sort of I won't say any more about it, but it takes a bit of a twist from there. It is just proper cracking. The story's really good. The artwork's kind of cinematic. It's um it jumps about chronologically, so a lot of the stuff set in the now is in a sort of harsher, sort of almost bluey grey sort of tone. Whereas the flashbacky stuff is in a sort of warmer colouring, and you would, when you read the book, you'd understand why, because current times are pretty shit compared to the lovely flash, flashback glows. Um, <laughs> but the arts, it's got like a cinematic quality to it that I just thought was like amazing. And the, the one thing that stuck out the most for me was the um, the language that the writer used, because one of the things I've always noticed about comics is that nobody talks like actual people mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't know how many comic characters i've seen that say do not instead of don't or cannot instead of can't but i don't think i've ever met a person who isn't ludicrously posh who doesn't just embrace the contraction <laughs> um and like it works in the case of characters like for example thor who you know says things like verily and stuff mm. and even to a lesser extent like wonder woman because you always get the kind of impression that she's very kind of posh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but with like most characters, you know, there's very few teenagers you'll see talk in the same way that teenagers do in like Marvel and DC comics and things, which has always been a little bit of a bugbear of mine. But the language in this was a lot more natural, I found, which I liked. And I kind of wish that this guy would just write all of the comics. <laughs> so that's definitely worth reading. I think you can pick it up from comics dot com she says but i know they only do like limited runs of stuff so i don't know how readily available it actually is but i think they tend to do stuff on comicsology as well so it's definitely worth checking out if you've got <laughs> comicsology and the reason i do have comicsology oh, i definitely recommend it then because it's pretty pretty top tits fantastic 
All right, good to know. The other thing, like, I haven't I haven't done an awful lot of uh, watching and reading things. As I explained to you before we started recording, because I've been trying to organise my sister's hen party, which is pretty difficult, because as it turns out, hen parties are hard. <laughs> um, but I did go and see... Oz the Great and Powerful. Don't know if you happen to have seen it as yet. I haven't yet. I haven't seen very many movies lately, but... I won't spoil it then. But I will say, I was nervous about going to see it because The Wizard of Oz is like one of my favourite films of all time because it's amazing. So I was nervous because I thought, like, I'm not one of these people who says, oh, they can't make a new one of these because it'll ruin the old one. Because, no, it won't. I can still watch the old one and I can still enjoy it. I'll just be quite sad if the new one is crap. But it's actually, it's really, really good. My only issue was that I went to see it in IMAX 3D, which is a bit of a mistake because I know I don't like 3D anyway. But you kind of think with an Oz film, you, you want to see that in 3D. It's probably going to be pretty good to look at. But I actually found that a lot of the 3D stuff that was, like, noticeable was obviously only there because of the idea of it being in a 3D format, if that makes sense. Yep, like, I get you. Like, for example, this aerial shot of James Franco throwing some gold into the air. Mm-hmm. So the gold just all sort of whips at your face, and it was actually really off-putting. And stuff like that happened a couple of times, which kind of pissed me off a bit. So I would like to go and see it again in 2D and see if that makes any difference to my enjoyment of it. But overall, I thought it was great. I really liked the story behind it. And I I love James Franco. He's got this, like, cheeky demeanour about himself that you just can't, like, not love the guy. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that about a lot of things today. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely say if you like the original Wizard of Oz, then it's well worth seeing. I think it ties together. I mean, I haven't read any of the books, so I don't know if it's accurate in that sense. But like, And some of the shots of Oz itself are kind of breathtakingly gorgeous some of the cgi slips up in places but to be fair when most of the <laughs> most of the thing is in cgi so it's going to be pretty hard to keep it up for the whole film really yeah i dig that did you do you see did you see dread i did quite recently actually but i didn't see it in 3d oh because the 3d worked amazingly well on that movie see now i can imagine it would have done because there were bits that i was watching and i said to rich this this bit would really work in 3d oh yeah but we, di- we didn't go and see it at the cinema in the end because me and Rich, we've both got a problem with 3D in the sense that it gives him headaches and wearing the glasses over our own glasses really hurts your face. So. Yeah, I wear glasses as well, as you know. I haven't had that problem, but one of my friends actually brought like – she brought tape with her and taped her glasses to the 3D glasses mm. so they weren't like messing up her face. <laughs> I was saying to Rich, it would be great if, that if you could get like those sort of. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. You know, there's like sunglass clip-ons you can get for glasses. <laughs> if you could get 3D like clip-on extensions that you just sort of slot onto your own specs, that'd be ace. That'd be, be very. Uh, I'd be very. Uh, 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 I don't know how that would work. I mean. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to do all different shapes and sizes depending on everybody's glasses. But um, you know, really, I just want them to make life easier for me. So. Oh, well, why didn't you say so in the first place? I'll get right on it. <laughs> yeah, Oz, Oz is definitely worth worth a look, I would cool. say. The only movie I've seen lately is Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, I recently watched that also. Yeah, that was, that was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I wasn't sure about oh, God, I'm, I'm expressing a lot of nerves in this episode, I've noticed. I wasn't sure about it because I don't particularly rate Aubrey Plaza. What? I oh, know. I'm sorry. Get off my show. I'm so. What? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> Get out of your own parlour, woman. 
No, I don't. But I thought she was good in this, and I liked the idea behind it. And I like what's his face, whose name I've entirely forgotten. Shit. Uh, I don't know what their names are. I think it is it Mark Duplass. Yeah, I think so. The guy who's also in the league, which is a really funny TV show, by the way. I've heard of that. <laughs> it's uh, it's what it's like. The League is one of those shows that a lot of people I know didn't want to watch because they're like, oh, I don't know anything about American football. But um, it's kind of not really about American football. <laughs> yeah, it happens to follow people doing a fantasy league, but most of the jokes are not at all related to that. Yeah. That just yeah. happens to be why they're friends, that's all. So I quite like it. But then again, I like John Lejoie and he's in it and he's pretty, so... <laughs> And who is he? He plays a guy in it called Taco. And the only other thing I know him from is, like, stupid internet videos. He makes a lot of, like, spoof songs, kind of like Lonely Island, but on his own, that are really funny, and some of them are quite offensive. But, yeah, I um, that's pretty, he was pretty much the only reason I watched the league, because Rich really wanted to watch it anyway. And I was like, oh, it's got John LeJoire in it, I'll watch it then. And, uh, and yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Worked out well for me. <laughs> nice. So, um... So why don't you like Aubrey Plaza? I, yeah, um, I, I just don't think she's a very good actress. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is in particular about her. I just, I just don't get on with her as an actress very much. She seems very deadpan all the time. Yeah, that's well, kind of her thing. I guess. It's just not mine. Wow. Well, Sorry. Let's try harder. Yeah, let's not have this happen again. <laughs> I liked her in Scott Pilgrim as well, if that helps. But I suppose, like, Julie is pretty deadpan, isn't she, sir? Yeah, and cranky. Yeah. Yeah, she does always come off as slightly pissed, but oh well. Mm. Yeah, so that's the only movie I've seen lately that I can think of. I have, a, I have a small stack of movies I have to watch before I leave. At least not just because two of them are from Christmas and one of them is a, is a loner. Oh, okay. What what have you got to watch? I'm intrigued. Uh, the Iron Giant. Never seen and- I, I've never seen it either, but I've heard it's excellent. And uh, my friend Keith uh, is one of the many people over here who thinks it's hilarious and uh, uh, hilarious and uh, scandalous that I've never seen The Karate Kid. So he got me The Karate Kid 1 and 2 for Christmas. <laughs> okay. So like, I have to watch those. Like, hmm, I'm unsure how you're going to take those films because I think a lot of uh, the love for Karate Kid is, is pretty rose-tinted nostalgia. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. So I'm not sure somebody coming into it fresh like so many years after it was made is really going to care for it. But, um, hey, there's some quite fun karate in it. Mm. Also, that movie's really old now. Like, it's like, like, like you saw that thing going around the internet like last week. It's like Ralph Macchio is now the same age as Pat Morita was when they filmed The Karate Kid. I refuse to believe that. That cannot be true. That just can't be true. Because... Although somebody, did you see that one that was going around not long ago that um that was saying that like if you were if you work out the ages of the kids in Friends, like Ross and Rachel's babies like eleven or some shit, and I was like, oh, fuck off, what? <laughs> and like Ben's eighteen, I was like, no, this can't be true. Yeah. Now I feel really old. <laughs> I'm still young and hip. I yeah, me too. Shots. Yes, so can I. I didn't experience my very first hangover, but two weeks ago, I got absolutely twatted on a bottle of wine. And then Rich said to me when I'd finished said bottle of wine, do you want a glass of cherry brandy and Diet Coke? And uh, because I'd had a bottle of wine, I thought this was the best idea I'd ever heard. So I went, of course I do. 
uh, forgetting that Rich was also drunk, and so his measures were not quite sensible. Mm. Um, two hours later, and I think I puked up everything that was inside of me, including a few vitals. Oh, bad times. Two and a half hours, I was in the bathroom, just like shaking and spewing. Oh, and uh, and the, the following day, I went to see a film in IMAX 3D. Yeah, that was a good good idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. Like my my decision making is just it's impeccable. I tell you. <laughs> but I have learned one thing: is that I'm not going to drink a bottle of wine and then have a cherry brandy ever again. Yeah, it's probably smart. I think so. <laughs> oh God, I'm getting old. Quiet, you. I'm older than you. <laughs> Uh, I was sad the other day because I realised I was no longer the youngest in the room at a little party we were having. And I was like, oh, don't like these apples. Oh, God, I had a moment last Friday when I realised I was talking to an adult not old enough to drink. <laughs> Do you know what the worst thing was? Is a friend of mine turned 36 in February. And when we are in the pub, Rich turned round to uh, said friend and said... Do you know that there are people legally drinking in here half your age, Paul? <laughs> Richard, oh. Oh, Richard, you bastard. <laughs> Fuck you. How horrible is that? Oh, yeah. So uh, I don't think that went down very well with Paul. Uh, I, I can't imagine why at all. <laughs> God, at least the drinking age over here is 21, so... <laughs> Which actually might make it worse for those in their forests. <laughs> when you're 42, hey, guess what? <laughs> Never invite Rich out for your 42nd birthday. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, steering back. Can I talk about comics before you make me want to hurt myself? <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. Let's get it back on track, shall we? Okay, cool. Yeah, I've been reading a bunch of uh, smaller press stuff. I don't read a lot of superhero books these days just because like, i don't know following creators and whatever but uh i've been reading a lot of like image and dark horse and idw and stuff mm-hmm. i've been picking up all the doctor who books of course have you been uh have you familiar with a series called peter panzerfaust no i'm not it's the story of peter pan retold in world war ii okay it is brilliant it is really good Who's that boy? Uh, it's published by Image, and it's by Cur- written by Curtis J. Weeb, I think is how you pronounce it, and drawn by Tyler Jenkins. Mm-hmm. There's ten issues out, which I think is equivalent of two trades. Um, I know there's one trade out, and they did the first – like they're doing story arcs of five five issues. So so that's been great. I've been reading Mind the Gap, which uh, is a bit of a supernatural mystery type story, but I'm, at times it feels like it's trying to be too clever for its own good. Mm-hmm. Great Pacific has been pretty interesting. And uh, have you have you ever, have you read Animal Man, the DC book by Jeff Lemire? Yeah, I love that. So great! It's so good. It is really good. I love it. I've been reading Batwoman too, uh, which I love. Uh, the art in that book is gorgeous. I get confused by the panel layout sometimes, but I'm too busy staring at the art anyway to really care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy dribbling all over the book. Like, oh my god, it's so pretty. Yeah. It really is. I got one issue of Action Comics left, um, and then I'll be finishing that up because Grant Morrison is leaving the book. Uh, Dark Horse Presents, I'm loving that. Have you heard The Massive? Nope. That's great. It's a... Uh... Very good at comics, am I? <laughs> no, I guess not. Why'd I ask you on this show? <laughs> oh, shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, read Jeff Parker's Dark Avengers? 
Now, I may have done. I keep getting confused by Marvel because there are a lot of things that feature similar characters, so I forget which one's which. Dark Avengers is the book that used to be the Thunderbolts, and now it's uh, a bunch of the people who were the Dark Avengers when Bendis was writing Dark Avengers. I don't think I'm reading Dark Avengers then. Oh, well, you have, you know, it's it's only got like like a few more issues to go anyway because it was cancelled. It's ending in May. Oh. I've been really liking Batman Inc. Batman Incorporated. Um, so thanks for nothing for spoiling that news media. Well, do you know what? I, it kind of, you know, the cover kind of spoils it for you. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I was the, the only one who noticed that it says R.I.P. at the bottom of that picture. Yeah, but, but... Listen, covers don't mean anything. We know that. <laughs> well, sometimes they do. Sometimes, but not always. And I've been reading Indestructible Hulk, which I really like, and Red She-Hulk, which Jeff Parker also writes. See, I'm not I'm not a Hulk kind of a girl. I don't know what it is about the Hulk, but I just can't. I've never been able to get into it. And every time there's like a new Hulk book or something, I'll give it a go, and then I'll be like, nah. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, it, I just can't get into it. I can't. But it's funny, because after the Avengers movie, I'm totally in love with that Incredible Hulk. That's awesome. And I want to see more of that, please. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited well, for more Avengers. I was going to say, the Avengers movies are just in a class of their own, because that movie was fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm so intrigued by the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, because I've not read any of it before, and I've just started reading the stuff that's coming out now that I assume they're bringing out because of the film being Yes, out. that's exactly why. Um, but, but I've only read, like, two issues of that, so I'm not really... Well, the, ab- the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning stuff was really what it was really what brought the attention to it, and that series I think it only went twenty five issues, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think what hurt it was I mean uh, there, and Nova ran for like three years at the same time too, but there were there was like an annual cosmic event. There was Annihilation and then Annihilation Conquest and then War of Kings, Realm of Kings. Uh, uh, the Thanos imperative. So there was always something going on tying the books together. So they really never really got a chance to stand on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it put together, it was a huge sweeping space opera that concluded with the Thanos imperative. But I could see it being a little bit impenetrable for a casual reader. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I don't know whether to try and get hold of some of the older stuff or whether to try and go into the film with a bit more of a clean slate because I wonder whether a lot of the time I make judgments on films because of how much I happen to know about the comics. Mm. I'd quite like to go into a comic film and not know anything about it beforehand. That'd be quite nice, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. See it through the eyes of like a normal person. Did I ever tell you about what I did with my Watchmen experiment? No. When that movie came out, obviously there was the huge contrary. You know, is it you know is it faithful to the to the book? Is it a good standalone movie? Is it a good movie? Blah blah blah. So I had my parents. I asked. I made a point of asking my parents to go see it because I knew that they'd be going into it cold. Yeah. And to get and to get their you know their their feedback on it, and it was funny. Just listening to my dad's exp- – my dad trying to sum up that movie because he didn't – because they cut out a lot of the stuff. Because they assumed so many people had read the thing, there was a lot of stuff that people just like – a lot of readers just filled in the gaps mentally. Mm-hmm. And But my dad's like, OK. So there was Blue Naked Guy and his girlfriend was banging that one dude. And then there was the, 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 the gay blonde guy was the bad guy. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I um, my mum went to see it and 
In fact, I went to see it with my mum. It's <laughs> slightly uncomfortable when you get to the uh, night owl. Yeah, uh, sexy times. Mostly because of Leonard Cohen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that, for some reason, that sort of strainy old man voice really makes that seem completely awkward for me to look at. Um, <laughs> if I turn the sound off, it's fine. But, like, she really enjoyed it. But I don't know whether it's because she felt like maybe she had to, because I was there with her, going, ah, this film's great. I don't know. Although, my mum does, like, a lot of completely random things. Like, you know, on the one hand, she'll go and watch Twilight and pretend she doesn't like it, even though I can tell she totally does. Uh, (laughs) And then she'll just go and see something brilliant and love it. So she's a bit eclectic with films. That's fair. Um, I Don't get me wrong. I think that the Watchmen film that they did was the absolute best version of movie to book they could or book to movie they could have done with that series mm-hmm. i don't think a movie was the best place to do it yeah like terry gilliam was asked to do an adaptation years ago he says you can't do this as a movie it's got to be a mini series see i did find it amusing that of all the things that you could have potentially made a trilogy out of i could have bought a trilogy of that i could understand that there's a lot to it and a lot of it is necessary <laughs> to yeah. understanding the, the whole uh, the plot of the film. And um, I agree with you in the sense that I think, because there was a lot of uproar about the lack of the ginormous squid, wasn't there? Uh-huh. And I think the way that that film and the way that the comic is set up, that squid seems completely out of place. Like, it seems too ludicrous and ridiculous in what is essentially quite a gritty and dark, and it's almost comical, the, the alien squid. So I liked the change to the ending quite a lot have you been reading any of the before watchman stuff no i i refuse to on moral principles oh okay i've been reading all of it because um, <laughs> <laughs> i have no morals um and uh, i am um, the, the one to be honest right some of the stories were pretty good some of them fell flat by the end like the comedian one was just a set of books about him being a dick in vietnam that's it. Doesn't really add anything you didn't already know about the character. But the the one point that I found interesting was in the uh, Ozymandias book. There is, you know, how there was that whole big thing at the time that Watchmen was being written about how the ending was like basically the same as an episode of The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits. That's the one. It actually sort of gets written into Ozzy's planning now really? that. He saw that episode and that gave him the idea for what he did. Oh, jeez. So it's just like they've gone, fuck you, Alan Moore. I'm going to put this in now because you fucked me over when we were originally writing it. So, <laughs> And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's just such a blatant thing. Like, Well, I suppose only to the people that know about that whole issue. But, um, but I I lot, that- there, there seems to be a lot uh, too much fuck you Alan Moore's going on in, in the comics world these days, which I think is indicative of a larger trend of being a fan of somebody until you perceive that they're slighting you and then suddenly they're worse than Hitler. See, I, now I can't really that- comment on this because I don't know if you heard my rant about the last League of Extraordinary Gentlemen book. But I, I, well, if it was on this podcast, I did, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I did, yeah. It was essentially it was Alan Moore. Why do you keep trying to get me to buy stuff and then making it shit on my face because it's so terrible? Um, <laughs> I was quite mad at him because it seemed like he was laughing at me for buying his books. <laughs> 
But um, I, d- I wouldn't necessarily say fuck you, Alan Moore, simply because I think, do you know what? If people are still going to buy your stuff, regardless of what you're writing, then fair play, keep keep writing it. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, people get mad that he, like, said, don't, you know, he, he's decried, like, the movie or... The, like the before watch and stuff because he had he's trying to make a stand on how he got screwed over on his contract at dc 30 years ago and it's odd that he hasn't watched the film i think like but that's just me and my nosy nature like i would totally want to know what they've done to the book <laughs> yeah but i mean that's his point he's like they're making all this money and and he's trying to take stands on it and then fans are just like well fuck you alan moore you're trying to impede on our fun so we hate you now like it's this per- it's this perception like it's it's a sense of entitlement almost not entitlement that's not the right word, but like he he owes them something because they're his because they're his fans and not just with Alan Moore with a lot of creators like if they try to stand like with remember what happened with Chris Roberson when he quit DC mm-hmm. how he's taking the stand because of how people gets kind of constantly get screwed over on creator rights and suddenly Chris Roberson was the worst monster in comics yeah and then because it happens again and again especially. Making I'm brushing with a broad stroke here. Admittedly, it happens a lot with superhero fans that they're all fine and dandy with somebody until they insult their superhero comics or their superhero comic publishers, and then suddenly they're pariahs. This is I turned I... your show to the controversial. <laughs> what you gonna do about it? No, it's fine. Keep doing it because I've run out of things to talk about, so this is good. Um, <laughs> I I try and avoid as much as I can reading about like the politics behind. Like I try and just read the comics if that makes any sense. Um, I very rarely delve into the reasons why people have left books or been forced off of books or left a company. Like I don't particularly want to know because I don't want it to ruin my perception of things. I mean, sometimes you can't help but find out because it's a massive brouhaha. Like the, the whole thing with Gail Simone momentarily getting kicked off of Batgirl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that did not last very long. Well, you know what they say if you get, if you, well, you know what they say. Nobody says this but me. But if you make Paul Cornell mad enough to publicly comment, then you've screwed up bad. Yeah, because he's like the nicest guy in the world. And he never he never does stuff like this in a public forum. Mm-hmm. But he, he said something on his Twitter about about that, and I'm like, wow, you got him angry enough to comment in public. Yeah. You failed. Yeah. I thought that the whole thing with Gail Simone was a really weird situation from what I can see because I can't imagine – I don't understand why there was so much uproar over her that it would overturn their decision, if that makes sense. Because, yes, she's a very good writer, but so are lots of other writers who've been kicked off books. <laughs> like, you know, I don't quite understand why – Maybe because she's a woman, maybe because it was Batgirl. I don't know, but she seemed like quite a quite a quite a stir for like a very small thing. Um, I think Gail Simone has just done a very very good job of cultivating an audience and having a very good personal um, public personality mm-hmm. and just get, generating a lot of goodwill within and without the community. And yes, I'm sure part of it. I suspect. Some of it had to do with because they fired like their only woman writer, one of their only two women writers, at a, you know, at a so shortly after, saying, "Oh, we're listening to you, and we are trying to hire people of equal genders." And I'm not saying that's I'm not saying it's the only reason. I'm saying it was probably a factor. Mm-hmm. We really did turn it into the the whole controversial sort. Let's just talk about comics again, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, speaking dear. of Chris Roberson, have you read any of the stuff from Monkey Brain? No. 
they're digital only com or they're digital only for now. Um, they're like digital first, I think, is a more accurate way of saying it. Basically, um, you have Comicsology. They're like basically mo- like monthly or whenever digital creator owned comics yeah. uh, that are uh, they're, and they're all all the ones I've read are really freaking good. There's a Roberson does this one called Edison Rex about this Lex Luthor type guy who uh, ends up uh, succeeding in, de- in finally defeating his Superman archetype and then realizing that he actually has to now be the world's savior. <laughs> oh. um, it's I actually thought it would be more like irredeemable or incorruptible, but it's actually more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I recently read the first trade of irredeemable and fucking loved it. Isn't it fucking amazing? So good. I, I'm like, why don't I own the next trade yet? I'm just mad at myself. I think I bought like the first three and like read them in one sitting. Oh, and wow. was sad because there wasn't more. <laughs> yeah, so the Edison Rex is good. There's no one called Masks and Mobsters. Uh, which is takes place in like the 30s with like uh, it's kind of like a very like golden age style thing, but told from the point of view of the mobsters as they finally try to fight back against the superheroes. The f- first bunch of like the first episode uh, involves um, one mobster killing this superhero called Doctor Daylight, and the next bunch of uh, issues after that deal with the aftermath of that, like how other here like how other mobsters react and how the heroes are you know how the heroes are responding to it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another favorite of mine. Another one called Bandet is pretty is pretty fun. It's a fun book. It's about this like teenage thief with a heart of gold, who uh, you know goes around Paris stealing stuff and helping the cops fight really bad guys. And I was just about to ask, how do you get time to read all of these? But then I remembered you don't have a job. So. <laughs> well, um, I was able to read all of those because for a time. I was only reading those digital comics because my comic book store was closed for a few months. Ah, as you as you may so. recall, the guy who owned it passed away. Mm-hmm. So I was reading paper comics infrequently. So I was reading digitals. Plus, I'm a very fast reader. So see, now I don't know what it is about me and comics, but it takes me yonks to read a comic. I don't know if, it, if it's because I'm like, you cost me so much for so few pages, I'm going to stare at them all individually for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I do read a lot of comics, though. It's just that I, I struggle with talking about different comics because I tend to go for the same few, like, every month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, let's go on the podcast and talk about Thunderbolts and Deadpool again. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Thunderbolts and Deadpool, though, just saying. I, I understand. I respect that. Do you read 2000 AD? I don't, but I feel like I should. A lot, of, a lot of people tell me that I should, but it's one of those things that I just think if I start getting into this, it's just going to be goodbye to all of my wages. It might be. <laughs> but it's so good. I love 2000 AD and Judge Dredd magazine. I, I, I'm also a fairly regular co-host of a uh, 2000 AD podcast. Oh, one yeah. that might know or – Everything comes back to 2000 AD. Oh, that's um, Rich. With Flint. Yeah. Yeah, Rich Rich McAuliffe used to do it. Now he just kind of mostly does the website and still comes on the podcast occasionally. It's 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 it's, it's me and Flint a lot of the times, but that's fun. Um, but 2008 is really great. I do I, feel like I'm failing as a Brit, not having much 2018 knowledge. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of are. <laughs> do you know what? Right. 
talking about failing. <laughs> talking about failing. This is nothing to do with two thousand AD, and it's a totally like entirely personal story. But I don't care. I'm going to share it with the world. My sister is getting married in September, right? And uh, she wants to start trying for a baby almost like immediately afterwards, which is all gravy. So we will be marrying into the name Parker, and says she will not call her son Peter. Like, is that not a complete waste of the surname Parker, or is that just me? Let's if she liked crime fiction, she could name after Parker from the Richard Stark novels, but he didn't have a uh, first name. He was just Parker. <laughs> yeah. So. Parker Parker would be pretty rubbish. <laughs> well, I, t- I did tell her as well that I would accept Ben, but um, no, she wasn't having it. She wants to call him Freddy, which is stupid. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Does your sister listen to this? Uh, no, she doesn't. But I have told her to her face that Freddie's a terrible name for a kid. So, like, my it's... sister's expecting in August, and she's actually been pretty receptive to most of the names I've given her. See, like Zoe, she won't call it Peter. She won't call it Leonardo or Raphael. I mean, what's wrong with her? Uh, she's terrible, know. terrible at children's names. Freddie, I think you might have to call social services. I had an absolutely ridiculous dream not long ago that I had twins. I think it was probably a little bit more of a nightmare because I never want to have kids in my life, so having two at once would be utterly terrifying. Uh, but I named I named them Finn and Jake after after the characters type. <laughs> so clearly that's how my mind works. If you have kids, you have to name them after like cartoon characters and stuff. Jeez, I know it's a bit mental. I just try to get my sister to name name her kid after my friend, my friends, not hers, mine. <laughs> I like it. I try and encourage nearly everybody I know to call their kid Stacy because there aren't enough Stacys in the world that I know of. There are a lot of Stacys in there. I know two of them in the UK alone. Well, yeah, but if you look at like TV shows and stuff and cartoons and things, there aren't many Stacys, and those that do exist are usually bimbos, like Stacy from Wayne's World. <laughs> All right, how many how many Luke's do you know in pop culture? I'm sorry, right? You get Luke Skywalker, that fucking wins. That yeah, that's a wins. that's a thrill growing up with your entire life. <laughs> I'm so, do you know what? If if I'd have grown up with the name Leia, I'd have been like, yeah, boy, it would have been <laughs> the tits. But I can't change my name now because it looks sad and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so they anyway, this ends the uh, the section on baby naming. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're running the gamut of things to talk about. Oh well. Hey, it's kind of related. Yeah, it is. I'm just gonna get Zoe to listen to this and, and come to realise that Freddie is not what she should call her kid. Well, is she a fan of Queen? No. I did try to explain to her that really the only person that I can think of other than Freddie Mercury, who is kind of awesome, uh who has the name Freddie is Freddie Prince Jr. and you don't want to name your kid after Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Krueger too. Yeah, see, you de- that's not a good role model either. You don't, you don't, you just don't want to do it. Let's see. I'll come up with a name. I think Raphael Parker's pretty cool. <laughs> that's actually not awful. Leo Parker. That's pretty cool. Fucking Zoe. She's stupid. She should be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your only sister. Wow. She knows I love her really. It's just that I will mock her kid relentlessly for being called Freddy. <laughs> I hope she has a girl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Also, why don't you just take your sister to the casino for her handu? Oh, do you know what we are doing instead? It's very exciting. Did you? You probably wouldn't have seen it because I think it's just a British thing. But there used to be a, a TV show in like the seventies or some shit called "It's a Knockout." Don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, no. It was essentially like ridiculous obstacle courses made out of like 
inflatable crap or foam things and you had to just dress up in ridiculous costumes and try and navigate these things <laughs> it sounds terrible but you can now actually do these games like out in a field in the middle of nottingham so we're going to go and fart about in a field doing obstacle courses and competing with other hen parties uh, ah. and hopefully winning okay and then it's going to be like karaoke and booze for the rest of the night it's going to be excellent pretty good when i pull my finger out and book it all <laughs> anyway i'm quite aware we've sort of stopped talking about semi-relevant things now um, yeah i kind of talked i thought i had a lot to talk about so i talked really quick at the beginning <laughs> see i knew i didn't have much to talk about so i let you talk a lot and uh, and now i feel bad that i've done some really bad hostly duties in the sense of you know not really reviewing a lot i am scrabbling in my mind to try and think of things that i could review but like I say, it would just be going over all the stuff that I normally talk about. Like, uh, oh, I saw Wreck-It Ralph, if that helps. Oh, oh man, I want to see that so much. Oh, you really should. It's so good. It was that, like, I wanted to see it as soon as I saw the trailer anyway, because I've got a bit of a thing for John C. Riley. Not in the sense that I fancy him because he's, you know, old and his hairline is incredibly receding. But in the sense that, like, if my mum married him and he was my stepdad, that'd be pretty super. Um, <laughs> You know, she she can marry him or Will Ferrell, one of the two. I don't mind. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> those are her two and only options. So I was like basically on board straight away. But the film actually turned out to like not be even slightly what I was expecting, but still be really really good. And Sarah Silverman didn't annoy me in it like I thought she was going to. Also good. And Jack McBrayer did a voice in it, and I kind of love him, so it was nice. It's That's a bit good. twee. Yeah. It's a bit twee at the end, but aren't all like you know Disney and Pixar and things? They're all a bit twee. But I so want to see Wreck It Ralph. Do it. Do it. I will. Well, not now because you know it's it, we're recording and that'd be rude. But do it soon. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've got a lot to do in the next two weeks. So <laughs> watching Karate Kid one and two. Yes, and Iron Giant. And tell you what. I've- I tell you what, I'm surprised that he didn't get you the full-on Karate Kid box set because the next Karate Kid is a girl. Whoa, I bet that blew your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, A a girl doing karate? I didn't know it was a comedy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's so fucking funny. No, um, it's actually rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one with Hilary Swank. (laughs) It is, yeah. Oh dear, my sister used to be obsessed with Karate Kid, and um, I think she wanted to be Hilary Swank after after that film. Ah, she's uh, she actually did karate for a bit, but she's got um, because she's got epilepsy and she blacks out. She used to sort of she always falls forwards when she blacks out, and she would always fall onto her knees and then her face. Ooh. And so so now she basically has no knees, <laughs> so she she can't she can't do karate anymore. That sucks. Yeah, but she's uh, she hasn't had a blackout for I think four years now. Good for her. Because of the tablets that she's on, so it's exciting. I mean, she can learn to drive soon and take me loads of places. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Road trip. <laughs> Yay. Um. Yeah. Oh, you sounded like Kermit then. That was so cute. Thank you. <laughs> was it intentional or was? Uh, kind of, sort of ish. It was my my just my high pitched yay, which is, I think, has its roots in Kermit the Frog. It wasn't an intentional Kermit the Frog. Oh, when's the second Muppets film gonna come out? I think next year. I think they're filming it now. I don't. I don't know if I can get behind it because I'm sure there's somebody in it who I hate, but I can't remember who it is. Ricky Gervais. That's the one. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what is gonna come out, which is awesome. Uh, a Veronica Mars movie. Did you watch Veronica Mars when it was a TV show? 
No, forever. I can't stand what's the chops. Kristen Bell. Yeah, that's the one. Don't like her. Why do you hate me personally? I just. I, d- I love you. I just, like, me and female actresses don't really get along. <laughs> I guess not. But uh, I watched the show, actually, for the first time uh, two Decembers ago. Like, so, like, a little more than a year ago. And I just thought it was awesome and was lamenting the fact that it ended so quickly. And then they've been trying to get a movie off the ground for a million years. And uh, Kristen Bell and Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas is the guy who created the show put up a Kickstarter last week to say like, okay, we want to raise two million bucks to do this. It would help us get the production cost for the very most basic of movies. And it was also, if we do this, the studio will agree to pay for the marketing promotion, blah, 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 blah. They got $2 million in 10 hours. Wow. That's and they, and they had, they had 29 and a half days to go. <laughs> How much is it at now? Is it still going? Let's, or? Uh, let's find out. Um, <laughs> is this going to crash the internet and we just ruin the whole episode? <laughs> no, that's why I'm doing it on my phone. Oh, that's all right then. While, while you're looking that up, I uh, I have refused to back anything on Kickstarter. I'm sure that's a, a popular opinion that will go down really well with all of my listeners. But um, the simple fact of the matter is I've got pretty much like no disposable cash. And if I wanted to back – well, if I tried to back everything I wanted to back, I would have negative money. <laughs> I know. So I've just thought, you know what? I'm not going to back anything because I don't want to have to choose <laughs> between the things that are – you know, no. So I'm just – no, none of it can have my money. Sorry. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. Um, $3.69 million with 24 days to go. Wow. That's that's quite a lot of dollars. Do you think if I just set up a Kickstarter for like myself, <laughs> it's like, hey, just donate to me because I'm cool. <laughs> Do you reckon people would? Actually, Kickstarter would have something to say to you about that. Oh, damn it. Do you think I could set up a charity for me specifically? <laughs> <laughs> I think the United Kingdom police would have something to say about that. Oh, damn you, foiling all my plans. I don't know. What do you? You guys have Scotland Yard and MI5, and I don't think I want to feel the force of MI5. Really, they're quite scary. Do, do, well, they're spies. Um, I'm trying to figure out who's like your equivalent of the FBI. I don't know, to be honest. Anyway, so the point is, I'm excited for Veronica Mars. <laughs> I love how completely tangenty this episode has become. It's I know, really. I'm enjoying it. Oh, you know what I could talk about that's fun is um, one of the. Uh, comics i got off of uh, from monkey brain was called the the mask of the red panda and it was like this it's like this another like th- like 30 style pulp kind of golden age thing mm-hmm. but when i got to the end of it uh i found out that they're actually a series of audio dramas that have been going for like eight years now or something like that oh. and so i started listening to those and they're really really good <laughs> I'm, um, do you know what? I'm absolutely terrible for listening to stuff. Like, I don't, I don't even listen to my own podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when I'm editing it and snipping out all the bits where I, you know, try and casually burp in the background and stuff. I would like to listen to, like, an audio book, I think. But my problem is that I can only really listen to them on journeys to and from work, which aren't particularly long enough for that kind of thing, I don't mm-hmm. think. Which is a bit sad. I, I do a lot of... I listen to a lot of stuff when i'm coloring comics so see i don't do any of that sort of fancy stuff because i don't i don't do comics uh, i wish i did you could listen to them while you jog 
Well, at the moment, see, I'm uh, I'm listening to the NHS Couch to 5K podcasts when I'm jogging. Oh, okay. It's like That's the saddest fair. thing. It's um, I'm going to do a little promotion for the NHS now because I work for the NHS, so it's fine. It basically is podcasts that gradually, week by week, increase your running capacity, and then each week you run a bit more and you walk a bit less. So I'm up to week seven now, which is 25 full-on jogging minutes, and I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to jog for quite a long time. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. Probably quite a lot of people. Um, I used to be a runner. I know how these things go. See, I don't know how people do it because, like, a friend of mine has been running for quite a few years and, like, he does marathons and shit and he gets, like, quite good times. And I can't even comprehend running for longer than 25 minutes. <laughs> so um, the idea that he goes for, like, three hours is insane to me. <laughs> My little sister, like, wins marathons, so... <laughs> that's nuts. See, that's nuts. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, my left knee is is currently having an argument with me about jogging, and I've, I've got to buy myself some sort of support. I don't think it likes it when slightly overweight people jog. <laughs> it's not good for your knees. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, don't do that if you're ludicrously overweight, guys. Come on. But, yeah, anyway, back to pop culture. Fuck. It's like 20 to 10, and I think I might have to call it a day because I'm officially – like, when I'm bigging up an NHS podcast, I think that's when I've run out of things to talk about, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, as somebody who has to suffer through privatized health care, I'm all for hearing about the NHS. But no, if, no that's fine. Uh, it's – you know, I'm going to have to eat some food today eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's time to call it a <laughs> day. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Um, I'm glad I finally got to do it. I know it's really hard because there's a few people on my list of, of peeps to join me who are from the Americas and that's hard with the scheduling and, and me being rubbish because I do get quite tired quite early because I'm so late. Well, maybe all those other people should do what I do and quit your job so you can swan off across the country. Mate, a wood that I fucking could, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is a this is a once in a lifetime thing. So yeah. Oh, like if I was in if I was in a position where I could, I would totally do a similar thing because I just think I would hate to like die and have only done like a couple of the things I've ever wanted to do or see. So yeah, that's what I think. That's why I'm totally envious of you because I like if I could quit my job now, there are so many places I'd want to go, but it'd be like oh um I can't afford to live. <laughs> <laughs> so it would it would kind of be a bit rubbish i'd have to like walk everywhere can you do like a round the world trip on foot do you reckon uh can, how, how, how long can you hold your breath when you're underwater not well you know and i can't swim either uh so hmm. you didn't really think this plan through i didn't did i no maybe some sort of hovercraft i don't know i <laughs> It's just getting ridiculous now. A little bit. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to pimp? Yeah, I'll just give, give you my uh, URLs again. It's uh, the center of somewhere is centerofsomewhere.com. My travel blog will be drawnaway.centerofsomewhere.com. And uh, the everything's come back to 2000 AD podcast. Uh, you can just look for that on iTunes. And uh, or you can go to 2008.wordpress.com. I'm going to try to podcast when I'm on the road. Flint and I have talked about it. So if I can, I will. Um, and if not, I won't. <laughs> that can't say fairer than that, really, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Depending how much cell reception I can get in the desert or wherever I happen to be at the time. Oh, this just seems so exotic and fun. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll still Twitter and Facebook as much as I can. So if you, if you don't know those people who doesn't like reading pictures but likes looking at sentences on the internet i'll do that too 
Oh, do you know what? I recently, um, because I do quite like pictures, I uh, I recently downloaded Instagram, and I think that was probably a massive mistake because my, my productivity levels have plummeted because I'm basically <laughs> taking pictures of everything and going, everyone, look at this. Um, nice. It's quite sad. Anyway, thanks again for coming on the show. That was episode 14, Core Blimey. If you'd like to get in touch with me to uh, request to come on the show or to tell me to stop talking about hen parties and the NHS, uh, you can drop me an email at stacysparlour at gmail.com or I am on the Twitters as StaceBobT. And now you can follow me on Instagram as StaceBobT as well. So you can see all my pictures of like shoes and trees and stuff. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I'm on Twitter as Cartoonist Luke. So if you are going to follow me there after I just told you to, that's the name. So <laughs> I am. I meant to tell you the other day. Actually, I was in the Caris Medical Centre, which is where I work on a Friday some weeks, and there is a poster that's for like a patient feedback group, and it says, uh, "Have your say." And there is a picture of a guy stood in front of like a podium with a load of microphones, like he's doing a, a sort of like press conference kind of thing, and he looks exactly like the guy from Moon Th- Freight Three. <laughs> that's like, awesome. Exactly, and I like I was so close to taking a picture of it, but then I thought, how unprofessional does it look? Me there with my like NHS badge on, just stood in the middle of a waiting room with my phone out going click, because I really want to send it to you to see if it's actually yours and they've just nicked it off the internet. Actually do that because I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Next time I'm there, which won't be until the 5th of April, (laughs) um, I'll totally, totally try if it's still up. All right. Um, But it really does look like pretty much exactly like him. It's a bit insane. Cool. It's it's not a very complicated drawing, but I still do want to see this, you know. (laughs) Would you like, wouldn't it be terrible now if I just took a picture of it and you were like, Stace, that is a crap drawing and looks nothing like (laughs) my character whatsoever and I feel really embarrassed. (laughs) Counter filthy American sues the NHS. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. American cartoonist slash drifter Luke Foster. (laughs) I can see, I can just imagine how that will get written in the British press. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hooligan. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna go and I might have a tea and then a snooze because um, I like sleep. It's good. Sure, sure, sure. Well, thanks again for being splendid. Thank you, Frank, for having me. It was a lot of fun. I'm your-
And I have said that if I won the lottery, if I like won like millions, I would dedicate my life to fighting crime. So, do you know what? I could definitely get behind that. Like, not me fighting crime. Like, I'd just watch you fight crime somewhere because I'm terrified of crime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the worst crime fighter ever. I'd be like, oh my god, he's got a gun, run! <laughs> yeah, I'd be terrible. 